Agronomist Podcast with Kyle from Stall Agronomy. You never know what I may say or who will be on, but you know it'll be real because that's me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. It's Kyle from Stall Agronomy, which really weird intro there. <laughs> it's been a while. We, uh, I did something like 4,000 acres of soil sampling in about two and a half weeks by hand. Um, the end of or middle of November to kind of the end of November. And, um, you know, once again, we have the Thanksgiving holiday in there. Uh, you've got a lot of stuff going on as far as trying to make decisions and getting data pulled together. I'm currently working on some yield results and some different things on trials we did and just a lot of stuff going on and year ends coming up real quick and I had year end stuff to do as well as so do pretty much all of our clients. So anyway, let's get into somewhat of a uh, topic and actually try to have some sort of an organized discussion. But one of the things I wanted to talk about, uh, I made a note about this the other day, um, I've got one guy that... I've had multiple phone calls over the last three years about him trying to sell the winner of their plot uh, to clients, uh, people we know, people we work with. And while it seems like that would be maybe one of the better things to do, you know, why, why not sell the plot winner? Well, he's 0 for 3 so far in the last three years on selling someone the winner of their plot and it performing in the field. Um, a lot of these guys, you know, tried 12 bags, 24 bags, whatever it is. And he has been 0 for 3 on their plot winner performing uh, the next year. And within a year or two, it's gone. So what does that mean? Well, so specifically some plots and more specifically grower plots um, and versus like retailer plots or people who are, you know, selling seeds. So the, the, um, seed salesperson's plot or whatever it is but these hybrid showcase plots sometimes they have different management to them so specifically some retailers will treat them with every single thing that they're trying to sell somebody so let's say in that plot environment they go out with 200 250 pounds of nitrogen where our normal program might be 180 or less Um, they go out with multiple applications of nitrogen um, that maybe even are above and beyond what we currently do. Um, they throw every foliar product they can at it. They're trying to basically throw all the stuff that they do at these plots, which is not the worst thing in the world, right? You know, maybe it shows that some of the stuff does work, but they're not specifically throwing each individual product to see which one does what. It, it's their whole program. Uh, they specifically call it a, a certain company acre. And while that may seem good, good um, when you're looking at how a hybrid performs under your environment um, and your management style and your tillage and your planner, everything you have, it's uh, not great. And what we see in a lot of those kind of plots is that the plot winner might be the most offensive hybrid. Um, you know, maybe there's a couple of passes of, of fungicide thrown at these things, different things. And, you know, who knows what the population is sometimes. It could be 40, it could be 32. Um, but specifically, it's not 
the same management as most people that they're selling seed to, right? You might have different planting populations. You might not use fungicide. You might not use any of the biological or foliar nutrition products they're using. You might not use as much nitrogen as they use. You might have totally different soil types. Uh, tillage is different. Planter might be different. Uh, your starter fertilizer is different. Like all these things are different. And, you know, a plot winner is a plot winner because it's usually in the best, most even part of a field. And it's got kind of almost the kitchen sink thrown at it. While the inverse of that is sometimes these grower uh, grower plots where essentially, you know, one of us shows up with a vacuum and we vacuum out the planter and put this plot in the middle of their current management. I think that's a good idea. Um, the, the thing that you will struggle with on the grower level is while you might look at that data and say, wow, it did really good in my area, um, that's under someone else's management style. And some people also might be throwing the kitchen sink at their entire operation. Um, so take a lot of this stuff with a grain of salt. And when we see hybrids consistently performing near the top of, of hybrid plots, and you see it across different soil types, different environments, you know, not something that's just five miles down the road and that's what you're basing everything off of. That's when we can kind of get halfway excited. Now, why would, why would a retailer want to sell you the winner of their plot every year? And it's, it's, uh, it's an easy button thing, right? You know, if you're, you're selling seed, uh, which I did for a long enough time, the plot winning hybrid is always easy to sell it just is and you tr tend to kind of want to put it on guys that you get you know 12 bags or 24 bags just to try to get your foot in the door and while that seems like a great idea for for um the majority of salespeople, the the thing that you will struggle with is it's a hit or miss deal um it could be the best hybrid that is on that guy's farm or it could be one of the worst hybrids that's on that guy's farm and you kind of don't know and a lot of the time you're you're selling him let's just say you you don't sell a guy something and you, you sell him 12 bags of something that won your plot because it won your plot and that's the only reason the guy wants to buy it and the only thing he's gonna see is that and the only thing you're gonna learn from it is that it doesn't work in his management style. And there's a lot of times where people don't ask some very, very pointed questions. And there's a lot of times where I would not sell a plot winner or something that I would consider really offensive to somebody because it just wouldn't work from underneath their management. You know, it's just not gonna be a, a good hybrid for them. And being willing to say, I know you're excited about this data point that I showed you, but uh, after talking to you for like the last 20 minutes, because that's all we're going to get, I really don't think this is the hybrid you should plant. And, and honestly, I think you should probably plant this hybrid from another one of the companies we sell for, whatever it is, or another hybrid in our lineup that I've seen perform more consistently under the, the things you're going to throw at it. And one, um, it seems like you're maybe contradicting what the guy has told you. And two, you're going to like take the excitement this guy has for something that won your plot data and, and maybe kind of quash it a little bit. But 
it, it, it's a good thing. Um, honestly, if I was a farmer and someone comes on my farm and they're like, you know, here's the here's the mix of hybrids I, I want to sell you. And you look at them and you're like, oh, what can you tell me about all these different ones? And if you're leading the conversation, um, that's not good. Um, and the guy should be asking a lot more questions. There's a lot of times where I wouldn't even say, you know, I'm not going to even give you a quote until we sit down and talk and figure out what we're going to be putting here. Uh, just because I just don't want to throw a bunch of darts at a dartboard and, and see which one sticks. You know, I, I really don't want to just do that. We want to make it so that it actually you have success. And that's that's an art that might not be lost on everybody in the seed sales industry, uh, but it is something that is acquired. It's something that you might not learn in sales training. Um, you know, there, Rod Ossis' training always kind of talked about positioning a minimum order size and, and different things. And in certain parts of the country, which here kind of included, you know, some of those minimum order sizes that he throws out might be a guy's entire corn order. Um, so we got to be a little bit different with it. But at the same point, throwing two or three hybrids out there, and his thing was, you know, you don't get the neighbors all the same stuff and, and mix it all up. Um, I don't think you, you have to do that. And honestly, I think any sales training, you have to take take the message and, and adapt it to how you think you might be able to find something in that message to, to help you. Um, I, I struggle with a lot of sales training, and this is slightly off topic, but it is kind of on point. But there's, a, there's often where sales training is conducted by someone who has a story. And their, their story is almost always, at one point in my career, I was about ready to quit or get fired. And, you know, I, I just literally had to have this wake-up moment. And I tried this thing or I, I learned something and I just went with it. And here's the thing that I learned or I did. And this is going to change your entire career. Well... More often than not, the people who come to talk at sales training are the top performers at a company, and that's why they're on their own, because they're entrepreneurs, they're very successful at, at uh, self-promoting, and they've gone, gone that route because they've done well in their career and they're comfortable enough that you know they can take the time to actually do something different, which... I'm also lucky in that as well. Um, but uh, my story slightly differs. I mean, I was never like the lead sales guy at a company. I mean, we had good profit margins. I had, I knew how to run the branch and, and the customers that I work with. It was great that way, um, but I was never going to win awards for, you know, big awards for how much we sold. I was always on like the bronze level on everything that I sold that compared to everybody else's gold level, which I literally have a plaque in my office somewhere maybe sitting on a shelf that says bronze level award for like three years in a row. And I think one year I maybe got the silver level, which whatever. Um, but I was never the, the leader uh, in the sales at the company, but we were always successful and we always had some of the best profit margins because we did a lot of things that, that worked for a lot of different people as my phone rings. But as we're trying to adapt this to the message, the message is really that, while you're, when you're in sales training, and I, I really struggle with this with a lot of companies, is they want to hire someone who does it professionally, um, does it 
based on the fact that at the whatever company sold seed for they were the big big dog and in a lot of instances those guys are kind of type a you know personalities they're the life of the party they're they're the guys that things kind of in life come a little easy to and what i i said in a video on tiktok the other day it's it's the guy that doesn't understand what everybody else's problem is because they're just the first person that greets them at the door at every farm is the guy's wife or the daughter because the guy's kind of attractive and he's got this you know really high personality that just gets along with everybody and he just you know while they may have had hardship in their life and don't get me wrong that way things just kind of come easy for them and there's a lot of people that are in this industry that things like that just don't happen for and there's a lot of people that I think on the sales staff of a lot of companies that don't get talked to about how to be successful under their specific personality type or whatever. Um, and what does this have to do with plot winners and selling plot winners? I think a lot of these guys that have the skills to be very specific and very precise and <clears throat> spend really good amounts of quality time with growers developing really good seed plans are the guys that just don't get talked to enough. Um, there's a lot of these type A personality guys that sell a lot of seed. Don't get me wrong, they're not terrible people. <laughs> but they sell a lot of seed. And when they sell a lot of seed, it gets really hard to make very specific recommendations to people. Uh, they, they like to sell the plot winners. They like to sell three or four different hybrids because it makes it really easy. And the price point and the personality and the relationship makes up for any shortcomings that might happen and they're able to smooth things over and it's it's good they're, they're those guys that's their personality type that's what works for them and that's what works for their customers that's great but there's a lot of people in this industry that are just a little different but it does seem like every once in a while that some of us uh well i'm not i guess i'm not in sales anymore but i used to be some of us always kind of got put or lumped into a group of a lot of different guys and i think honestly everybody on your sales staff if you're in management most of those guys all have different personality types different ways they like to sell things and and trying to host a training where you've got somebody who's trying to cater to all those is very hard um and i i really think as an industry we could do a better job with seed uh, I think a lot of companies would do a lot better job if they could learn to sell the mix. And honestly, what do I mean by that? Uh, that was something that DeKalb taught us early on in my career. Um, basically, they just always ran out of the new stuff. Well, honestly, what we kind of half learned with DeKalb was always the new stuff always wasn't all that much better. Sometimes it was actually worse uh, under certain management situations. But what was good about that was I learned a lot about all the other hybrids and spent a lot of time walking fields. And there is a lot of things that should go into seed sales. It is, it is a industry where you might have somebody who walks plots and, and really digs into it and really likes selling seed to the point where they really enjoy understanding the genetics and the families and, and how things, different things perform under different management styles. But then on the other hand, you're going to have somebody who could be really successful that does not do that and relies on other people to provide them with a lot of that data that they take and use however they feel like it. 
and that's entirely fine too but as an industry i think we could do better um and if you're a salesperson listening to this um there's a lot of different things that i think as i look at different uh, companies now and we look at different lineups and what makes it really nice is that we're independent i don't have to feel kind of shackled to one thing or another i can't just pull into a plot as the dogs are visiting um but it's been really nice to kind of get across lineups. And when I send people, hey, you know, these are some different C varieties I think that would potentially be successful for you guys. Uh, it's not just based on plots. It's not just based on what I see in one or two fields. It's based on a lot of different things and, and speaking with district sales managers. And that's a whole other conversation and talking about uh, whose information do you use to use DSM, to use your local guy. but. Regardless, um, I think the seed decision, somebody asked me the other day, and we'll end it with this, and they asked me what was the most important thing, the easiest, lowest hanging fruit on the totem, or on, on the tree as far as it comes to yield. You know, what is it? Micronutrients, biologicals, uh, more nitrogen. And honestly, um, I think a lot of guys, it's hybrids. It's, it's uh, genetics, and honestly, if it were me, I'd have a plot every single year. Um, and I would include hybrids I don't currently plant, um, and maybe one or two of the ones that we feel are representative of what we would like to plant or what we do plant. And I think you can gain a lot of data from that because it's going to be underneath your management style. And that's, that's the whole key to, uh, purchasing seed is, is understanding that, you know, the plot data is, it can be good. Um, but if it's different than your management, you could be buying a complete dud and it on paper looks really good, but on your farm, it might be terrible. So regardless, that's the end of this and I'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Rogue Agronomist podcast. Be sure to check out our website, stallagronomy.com and our other social media for more information and other episodes. Thank you.